Welcome to the Innovation Meets Leadership Podcast. Real inspiration for real innovators. If you're looking for innovation and leadership transformation, your journey starts now. Welcome to the Innovation Meets Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bourne. Well, guys, guess what? We are now in season four of the podcast. If you can believe it, we've recorded over 111 episodes and we're in over 70 countries. Today, I want to welcome Ethiopia to the list of the 70 plus countries listening from around the world. Well, today, my guest is Matt McBride. Matt is the CEO and co-founder of MEND. It's an enterprise patient engagement telehealth platform designed to help healthcare organizations scale their practice and care for more patients. As an experienced entrepreneur, he co-founded MEND in 2015 with his three best friends to revolutionize healthcare delivery. Welcome to the podcast, Matt. Yeah, Natalie, it's great to be here and congratulations on 111 episodes. Of, that feels like a, a lucky number to, <laughs> well, to thank be a part you. of. Yeah, it's really exciting. I, I would love to hear, this is really cool. I love your bio, just hearing that you, um, you know, you founded this organization with your three best friends. So I would love to just spend some time giving us a little bit of a backstory here. Yeah, so um, myself and uh, three really good friends of mine, we had all built and sold uh, other companies. And, um, uh, you know, we had background in healthcare. And so... Uh, we had some capital to, to work with to, to start something and go after something big. And uh, healthcare seemed like a place where we could really make an impact because I think that was, that was really part of the goal is to have purpose to, to what we were doing. And we started to see that a lot of these other industries were being consumed by uh, you know, digital mobile types of experiences, right? You can tap, swipe, and things show up in your at your house within minutes or hours, and um, you know, completely changing how we communicate and shop and all these other things. But healthcare was still stagnant in phone calls, paper, fax, mm-hmm. uh, show up and 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 wait, and and just uh, a lot of uh, experiences that weren't very uh, frictionless. So. Uh, that's really what we set out to do. We set out to change um, and use technology to help shape the relationships that patients have with their uh, healthcare organization. And we do that through allowing patients to schedule their own appointments, you know, get email, text message reminders, do their forms uh, easy and, and frictionlessly, make payments, uh, you know, with, with a, you know, just a touch of a button telemedicine visits, secure two-way messaging, um, and the list kind of goes goes on and on on how we're kind of helping healthcare organizations uh, reshape, you know, use technology, but but reshaping how you engage uh, in your healthcare with your, with your doctor. Well, I love the fact that, you know, and I'd love to, before we jump into what you're doing today, I'd love to talk a little bit more about um, just what were some of the problems as you guys were you know, understanding and realizing, yes, this this um, particular industry is stagnant compared to some of the others, and what a critical industry, right, that, that we all need and and rely on. So, what were some of the like, you know, value proposition statements that you felt were some of just the grounding principles of let's start here, let's let's look at these things first for the healthcare industry. Yeah, good question. Um, I think the 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 first the first thought was really around 
customer service. And it seemed like, uh, you know, we had really transitioned away from a lot of those companies that you didn't like doing business with, but you kind of have to, you, you had to do business with them. Right. And so customer service was really taking over, uh, every industry and technology, I think was creating additional levels of convenience. So that was sort of the first, uh, thesis that we had. And so we started with, um, uh, an actual clinic. So we had doctors and then we also had an engineering team that was building uh, tech-enabled experiences. And uh, so at first we kind of thought, well, we're going to, the only way to, the only way to fix this is we're going to have to do everything end to end, right? We're going to have to have the, we're going to have the doctors, we're going to have to have the technology. And I think we quickly realized that, you know what, um, the, the technology is key. We don't need to compete with all these great doctors that are out there. We just need to enable these doctors and that the value proposition would be around, um, you know, patient experience and patient convenience, um, that would, uh, you know, fix things like no show rates, um, compliance, access to care. Um, and you know, we've even seen, uh, how, uh, it can address, you know, health equity, health equality. Uh, so there's lots of different benefits on, on both sides for, for all stakeholders involved. I love, um, just kind of the iterative thought that, uh, you used to approach this and, uh, and it's so important. I think when, you know, we have a lot of people who listen to this podcast that are entrepreneurs or they're, you know, either started something or they're getting ready to start something and how oftentimes what we start with is not always where we land. And I just, I love just listening to the journey of here's where we started. This is what we've realized. And this is kind of how we, how we grew from that. So talk a little bit now about how you got into just uh, telemedicine, like just talk about the whole role of telemedicine, because you've already talked about customer experience, which is hugely important really in any industry, but then it plays such a big role, I think, specifically in healthcare. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, just to go back to the point you made too, right. It, it's kind of hard to figure everything out in a few sheets of paper, right. It's sometimes the rubber just has to meet the road. Um, uh, and, and so, yeah, we, we made a pretty substantial pivot and that's pretty, that's pretty common. So, um, uh, uh yeah, for others out there, I think you've got to be, that are starting something, you have to be prepared to be flexible. Um, but we were always intrigued with telemedicine. Telemedicine was a part of the clinic that we started. And we really felt like some significant percentage of care would be virtual. Um, just seeing how it was starting to, uh, become part of business, right. And, and conference calls and other things. And so, uh, but knowing that you were going to have to go in person sometimes too, you wouldn't be able to do everything virtually. And so we really thought about our solutions in terms of hybrid care. So when we think about patient self-scheduling forms, reminders, payments, all of these things, we like to think of them as, uh, it could be virtual. It could be in person where the patient's going into a, a center or maybe the provider's going to the, to the patient physically. It could be a phone call. It could be a messaging visit like email. Um, the, you know, the type of visit really doesn't matter to our system. 
um, we're not we're not limited in that way. So we we really our foundation is really uh, uh, built with the thought of hybrid care from the from the ground up. I I, I just think it's so interesting just to hear just the journey of this. And so I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, futurists in this industry, right? In, in some ways you are, and, and in some ways you're, you're trying to think ahead, right? You're trying to think, and even even when you did that, right? Started this in 2015, uh, nobody could have imagined 2020 where we everyone would be, kind of be forced towards this. So I would love to know, kind of as you look out into the future, maybe talk a little bit about how 2020 impacted your business, but then as you look in, into the future, what do you see? How do you see 2020 maybe playing a little bit more into into the future, if at all? Yeah, I mean, I think the sort of the first thing is, you know, we were working with a lot of uh, pioneers, right? Th- that we, you know, telemedicine was probably half of our business. Half of our customers used telemedicine before the pand- pan- pandemic. And then, you know, the other half of appointments were in-person appointments. And states were opening it up. Um, especially to Medicaid uh, populations, but the federal government was blocking telemedicine before the pandemic. And a lot of people don't know that, and, it, and it's still not permanent. It's only temporary through 2024. Wow. So the federal, the federal government was really, was really um, blocking it and, and standing in the way. Um, and so, uh, uh, you know, the pandemic happened and they just opened up the floodgates, right? You could do, you could do anything. It doesn't even have to be HIPAA compliant. Make a phone call, do whatever you need to do, because um, we're we're going into survival mode. And so, um, you know, if that global event had never happened, would telemedicine even ever be an option? How long would it take? Would it would? And it seems crazy for for the government to to try to block an innovation like that, but. Um, so it, it did open the door. It's still not not permanent. Um, but I mean, we saw utilization in, in telehealth, uh, you know, it's probably uh, 2,500% growth in, in wow. telehealth visits on our platform overnight. It was crazy. Um, we had uh, healthcare organizations just trying to keep the lights on, keep the doors open yeah. um, to all sorts of different uh, scenarios and so um hopefully it's it's here to stay it seems like it's something that both patients and healthcare or organizations and providers see value in yeah it's it's uh it's just fascinating to hear hear those numbers do you um do you feel like because of that influx people had a good experience with telehealth i mean it literally was like it was like the light switch turned on and so i i know personally um I, I had to use telehealth during all the pandemic stuff and I had a great experience. Like I didn't have to leave my house. I didn't have to drive. Like, you know, the doctor showed up on time. Like it was great. And I just wonder, um, you know, before the pandemic, people didn't really, I don't think they really thought about telehealth too much, but now that it's here, I think it, I think we're going to have a hard time seeing it taken away. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would think so. Um, I think all of the data says, you know, the patients want it, um, uh, all age ranges, all demographics. Um, it seems to, uh, you know, give patients better access and seems to help, uh, demographics, 
that struggled to get care before, maybe because of, you know, income, geography, whatever the case may be. So it, it seems like it's it's really helped level a playing field for for uh, a patients to be able to access care. And then um, I think at, for the healthcare organizations, I think they're seeing it as a way to reduce no-show rates, mm-hmm. which can be huge for them. Um, it's a way to offer uh, conveniences to patients who are their customers. And I think they're also seeing that it can lower costs. So you can expand your hours of care without necessarily expanding overhead. You can expand geography. I think providers are enjoying that they can do some hybrid work or, or remote work. Um, so uh, it, there, there uh, does seem to be uh, benefits uh, all the way around, but there's still work to do, right? Congress still has to make it permanent. Um, it's only, it's still temporary through the end of 2024. Wow. I just, as you say that, it just still strikes me that this is, that that this was not even something that was really offered before 2020. I mean, it feels it feels like something that um, we we as the as the people need to be pushing for. Talk a, talk a little bit about the future of of patient engagement and maybe just the future of like um, you know the digital patient experience. What do you see coming on the horizon? What are you working on on the horizon that um, is going to further impact this area? Yeah, I think, you know, there's a number of different things. I think, you know, now that the the door has been open for audio video, where are we going to go with secure messaging, right? When when are we going to be able to email our our provider, right? And, and have that be an acceptable modality for care. I think we're going to see more and more of that. Um, there are certainly cash pay services that are that are available that um, so you don't have to do everything synchronously, right? You can, you can, uh, you know, communicate over a couple of days. Um, then I think, uh, more and more, we're going to see, you know, patients booking their own appointments, making changes, doing their forms digitally, sort of handling all of those check-in processes themselves to, you know, making payments, even having the web camera capture all of their vitals. Um, or maybe, or maybe other wearables uh, uh, capture all of their their vital signs. So you could almost be uh, like you check in 24 hours in advance for your your uh, flight. You could, I think, you know, healthcare is going to reach that point, right, where you're 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 checked in, everything's ready to go, maybe 24 hours in advance or a couple hours in advance, um, and then you know it could happen virtually or in person. And then I think, you know, we're going to get into cases where AI is going to solve language barriers, whether that be sign language or other, you know, spoken languages, the, the, you know, different languages being spoken between patients and providers, we're going to see, I think, AI uh, handle more and more documentation for providers to solve a lot of these administrative uh, burdens. And then, you know, there'll, there'll probably be other uh, tasks that get, get automated and other things that providers do that get augmented by AI and, and these types of technology. So I think bottom line is, is just uh, we're, we're moving in a path where the relationship that the patient and the provider has is just going to be more and more tech enabled. And hopefully uh, that makes things easier 
frictionless, more convenient, more accessible for for everybody. Um, so that seems to be the path that we're that we're on. That feels like a very exciting path. I even I even think about the fact that probably ten something years ago, I took a trip, a work trip with my brother. We were in Italy, and he had to end up going to the hospital. And just how terrifying that was that he really couldn't communicate with anyone and they really didn't speak English and just the the capability, right, to maybe be able to communicate through some of these things that you're talking about um, could just just transform even the way we, we think about, oh, no, I'm in another country and I have to go <laughs> to the doctor or I have to go here or there. And I, I had that, too. I, I was in um, China one time and I was simply trying to communicate uh, that I needed Gatorade. <laughs> I think I had like a stomach flu or something. And I got all kinds of things back that were not Gatorade. And the next day I, I called my friend who was living there and she brought me Gatorade and, and it was called something different in China. But just those little things, right, when you're not well and being able to communicate back and forth, we we kind of, unless we're in that situation, we kind of take for granted how difficult even that cross-communication, cross-languages, right? And so I think that is that is a very powerful innovation that we could we could see in this industry, which is very exciting. Yeah, and healthcare has to account for everyone because everyone is a patient. Doctors are patients. Everybody is a, a, a patient um, at, at, some, at some point. So uh, we really have to account for everybody. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, there's a lot of purpose, I think, behind... Um, uh, you know, the, the, the technology or, or other work that, that people are doing uh, in this area. But yeah, I do. Uh, I think there's a lot of exciting things uh, on the horizon that'll, that'll hopefully benefit us all. That's so cool. I would love to talk a little bit about just uh, um, a little bit more about your founding, founding backstory. So when, when starting this um, company with your friends, I would love to know kind of how you guys decided who naturally fell into which roles in the organization how did that work well so um i had always been uh more of the tech uh the type person among among uh uh those friends and they had really been more on the sales side so um they really helped uh from a sales perspective and sort of tapping their their network uh from from uh, that perspective. And, uh, you know, so I handled a lot of the, the tech pieces and I have a, you know, I have a business background as, as well. Um, you know, so there were, there were lots of other things that, that I sort of handled. Um, but then, you know, we, we built a great team and, and then filled in, uh, all the other gaps, uh, that way. But, um, and I think that's usually a lot of times, I think that's how the, these co-founder relationships, play out right somebody's like the sales mm -hmm. they're the they're like the extrovert person and somebody's like the tech the the the, the tech person so um uh yeah that, that it's kind of similar for how that played out for us too yeah that's super fascinating well tell people a little bit more like just give us some final thoughts in this space on just anything you want to say maybe even to someone who's thinking about uh starting something who, who's in kind of that startup space what advice or final thoughts would you give them uh, don't do it. <laughs> it's really difficult. So, you know, uh, make sure that your uh, uh, pain tolerance is extremely high because there there are going to be challenges. And, you know, I, I think I think the other thing, too, is that um, we 
just like you you almost see only the best sport moments right yeah. you see you see <laughs> only the best uh companies that um you know go global and um you know where these big billion dollar successes right but how many businesses are just normal everyday businesses that aren't venture backed yep. that are you know doing something in their community um so there's lots of different ways to have an impact, but it doesn't have to be like these home run stories that you that, that you hear about uh, either. You could build something that's you know uh, less stressful or, or or really kind of build things how, however you want um, of any size. Um, so, uh, uh, but there's definitely going to be there's definitely going to be challenges, uh, a, a lot of work. Um, but uh, you know, if there's purpose to what you're doing, it can also be really fulfilling as well. And then, um, you know, anybody is welcome to uh, check us out at mend.com, m-e-n-d.com, and or or uh, you know, look uh, look me up on LinkedIn and reach out anytime. That's so awesome. Well, thank you for your time today. This has been super fascinating, so much fun, and. I just want to double down on what you're saying. So many times we do see the highlight reel of sports, but we don't see the hours of grueling practice that it takes to get to that highlight reel. And so I think that you're spot on. Don't, uh, you know, count the costs, right? Look at the building you're trying to build before you go build it and know that your plans will probably change 15 times by the time it's done. <laughs> at least. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again for your time today, Matt. Thanks for having me. It's been awesome to be on, Natalie. Well, to our listeners, thank you for joining the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast. Remember, don't just get out of the box, break the box and set it on fire. Let's go transform something. Thank you for joining us for the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Innovation Meets Leadership. And visit our site at innovationmeetsleadership.com for more innovation resources. Hey, my new book is out, Set It on Fire, The Art of Innovation. Click on the link to learn more. And don't just get out of the box, break the box and set it on fire. Let's go transform something.